0: And we are live for the seventh episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, Luz Luigi. And yes, that is right. We have another new co-host tonight to introduce. Say hello to Aaron Carroll, AC, straight out of Texas. What's up, AC?
1: What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight?
0: We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Uh, In the midst of March Madness, um, we are currently recording while UNC is getting their hopes taken from them. i sorry, difficult. Chad. Sorry, Chad. We're really sorry about that. But, yeah, so, you know, we decided to record a nice little Sunday episode. There's a lot going on in the Yankee universe, uh, from guys getting called down to guys making adjustments at the plate and hitting home runs, like Greg Bird. There's a lot going on in the Yankee world. But, as you know, when someone news on the show, they have to give us their least favorite Yankee and their hot take. So, A.C., Let's start off with your least favorite Yankee of all time.
1: Yeah, you know, it it was actually, uh, this was a tough one for me. It was between two guys, but one just kind of stands out above the rest, and that's got to be Chris Capuano. Um, You go back to, I think it was 2015, and uh, pretty sure his ERA was close to eight, and uh, a whip of almost two, and I just remember every time, he would take them out. I just, I couldn't believe that Girardi was was letting this guy uh, eat innings for. I mean, it was just atrocious. One of the worst pitchers. Uh, one of the worst seasons, I guess I, I should say. And um, obviously, once uh, once the Yankees got rid of him, I was I was thrilled because he was awful.
0: Yeah, he was definitely. By the time we got him, it was definitely a far cry from his Brewers days, where he was actually a pretty decent pitcher for them. But yeah, by the time by the time we got him, it was uh, it was rough. He's just added to Chris Capuano. Just adds to the list of random veteran Yankee pitcher pitchers who were very good All Stars at one point, but once they got to the Yankees, were just let's just um, I could use a lot of words. I'm just gonna use the word bad. So yeah, Chris Capuano. I didn't expect that. Honestly, uh, I was definitely a few more least favorite Yankees I could think of, but. I like it. I the
1: like thing it. about Chris is he would go out, and and he was lucky to get to the second inning. And it just – there was no motion. It was like, uh, no big deal. I'll be back in five days to do the same thing. You know what I mean? It just – I don't know. It just uh, – for me, it was always so frustrating. There's one specific game that sticks out to me, and they – I don't remember what it was, if it was between a couple different guys, but Girardi decided to throw him against uh, the Texas Rangers. I think we got down like 8 nothing or something like that. That was that crazy comeback we won. It was a, I don't know, we put up like 15 runs or something like that, ended up winning. But that's just, I mean, I'm sure from an offensive standpoint, anytime you see Capuano taking the mound at that point in his career, you knew you, you were going to have to go out and score at least 10 runs to, to be in the game. So, yeah, for me, it's got to be my, my least favorite Yankee.
0: Hey, well, Chris Capuano, just, you know, I was just about to say guys like Chris Capuano who never had overpowering stuff in their prime and then fail to reinvent themselves fall quickly into obscurity. Because look at a guy like Cece, guy that reinvented himself. And hey, if he didn't reinvent himself, he's, he's out of baseball right now. But uh, he learned how to pitch at his old age. So, yeah, Chris Capuano. It's AC's least favorite Yankee. Now let's have your hot take for the 2018 Yankees.
1: Yeah. So for this one, I obviously I've heard your guys' hot takes pretty good. Um, for me, I've, I've got to say, I think I'm going to say by the all-star break, Chad green is going to be in the setup role. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't mind being wrong. I think Dylan's obviously got the stuff to be that eighth inning guy. Um, but I don't think, you know, mentally, I, I don't think he has it in him. He might get off to a, a good start, um, but I think it's only going to take a couple couple bad outings until he's back to the Dillon of this last year. I just think that um, he's, he's in his head too much. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Mr. Chad Green in that eighth inning role by the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, I've said this before, but the could literally have a 0.00 ERA in the last game of the regular season. I'm still going to be nervous as hell every time he goes in. It's just – I'll never – especially after last year. I feel like the years before he would always have moments where they were ugly, but last year was just scarring. It was just such a – from July on, it was like those – the things he did in games – we were just very very scared I don't, like that trust level is might never come back he's Especially a guy that
1: he's a guy that can you know for one better look like the best reliever in in baseball make you just look foolish. And then the next guy throws four pitches to the, to the screen. You know what I mean? It's just, he's so he's in his head so much. And that's, you know, if it was a stuff issue, okay. You take the off season, you take the spring and you work on it. But with him, that's never been the issue. He's always been in his head. And I just think that with him, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, like you said, I think I'm always going to worry about him. And I, and I think, you know, last year, obviously the Yankees were overachieving in a sense, nobody really expected that out of them. This year they've kind of got that target on their backs and I don't think uh you know Boone's obviously gonna want a guy in the eighth inning role. If if he has his struggles like he had last year, I think I think he'll be he'll be quick to move him out of there.
0: Oh absolutely. Alex, anything Alex, you've been a little quiet. So I have far. been, been a thought- little quiet. No, I was, I want- hey, I d I didn't want to interrupt uh, AC's uh, introduction. I, yeah, you're right. I was just making sure you were still there because you never I know to- I'm here. you I'm never know at to- the internet when someone just dips out real quick. <laughs>
2: No, I'm here. Um, yeah, I think with Dellen, like, he's just so unpredictable. And um, even end of, like, second half of 2016, he was – it was scary every time he would come in because um, after – as a
0: closer, right? When yeah, he, after yeah. Miller
2: and Chapman were traded, he took over as the closer. And he had a – he didn't do awful, but I remember there was the one game – in Fenway, where the he were up like 5-1 in the ninth inning, and then he just blew it and gave up a walk-off homer to Hanley Ramirez. And he just was not good after that, I remember. And ever since then, I've kind of just been very on edge every time he comes in. Even um, when he had like a 0.4 ERA through the first uh, month of last year. He goes up to like June 20th. Yeah, yeah. He just... Because he has, there. Are sometimes he just has no control over his stuff. You have no idea what to expect from him. Even if he has a month where he's really good, he'll have another month where he's really bad.
0: Yeah, that that uh, because we we've said this before on the show, but we don't know if Boone is gonna want to have a you know set eighth inning guy, and whether that's gonna be D. Rob, whether that's gonna be Green or Betances or Canley or Warren. It's, it's up to debate. Whoever is the best in that role and whoever Boone likes the best is going to get that role. So,
2: I'm pretty sure um, Michael K. asked him like during one of the Yes broadcasts during the game, he asked him if there would be like set roles, and he said he did, hadn't figured that out yet.
0: Yeah, that's, see, uh, it really, I, I was about to say, I don't think Boone even knows if he's going to have set roles. I think he's going to roll with whatever works best. So, That was AC's intro. AC is a busy guy, but he's going to be on the show whenever he can. And, yeah, that's our show. No, I'm just kidding. That's not our show. I just wanted to quickly say, though, that we do have a few UNC fans in the Bronx Bomber <laughs> Ball, and they are really taking this one hard right now. Uh, UNC is down by, like, 21 points with a few minutes left. That, that's my last team in the Final Four, by the way. So my bracket's gone, but it's been a great tournament so far. Um, but let's talk, about, let's talk about the uh, New York Yankees, what this podcast is actually about. And – some some disappointing news. Uh Miguel Anduar, Chance Adams, Esteban Florial. All no longer with the spring training squad. Uh Florial and Chance got sent down to minor league camp while Anduar just got option to triple A. And you know the Anduhar move was I look, Chance Chance getting an option to minor league camp was, yeah, uh Obviously he, I believe his ERA was close to 11. He looked really bad in his last spring training appearance. So that wasn't surprising. Neither was Ruth Florio, but Anduar was from a guy at the beginning of the month. I thought that Anduar actually had a really good shot at being the starting uh, opening day, starting third baseman. And well, it does not look like that's the case anymore. Um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully he could be the third baseman this the summer. Hopefully he does well in AAA, but. It's getting to the point where like I don't even know if we're ever gonna see Andujar on the on the Yankees roster and MLB roster again. Uh, what do you guys what was what was you guys' reaction to the news about the Yankee prospect being sent down?
2: For me, it was like all I see is that it's because of Drury and everyone doesn't like Drury. Or um, shout out to Andrew, who shout is the Nick. world's biggest Andujar fan. And he was not happy um, seeing this. But for me, I really did not think it was because of Drury. Because um, if the Yankees had not signed Neil Walker, I think the opening day lineup would have been Drury at second and Dohar at third. But they managed to get Neil Walker for $4 million, which was a really good deal considering... He was looking for, you know, two or three year deal for, I don't know, 13 million a
0: year.
2: Maybe yeah, maybe 10, 13 more. million a year. And Walker's one who he's had, I think it's seven consecutive seasons of like two plus war, which is not, you know, fantastic, but that's really solid. So he's been consistent his whole career, which is something Yankees probably could use when they were considering having. Both Andohar and Glaber as they're starting second and third baseman who have what seven at bats total in the major leagues. Yeah, so I think it's more along the lines of they're, they they want to just have um someone who's solid and almost as a placeholder rather than give the shot, give the spot all just automatically to Andohar.
1: Yeah, you know the thing I like about him is everywhere he goes, he hits. I mean, he's, he's only had, I know he's only had seven at bats in the big leagues, but he's four for seven. So, I mean, he's done everything you could ask of him. He's hit at every level in the minor leagues, but I think at this point in his career, I mean, he's so young, he's only 23. um, You know, I think he's at the point where if he's not getting every day at bats, then there's no sense in him being on the big league roster. You know what I mean? And so I think, you know, as much as I'd like to see him start the season at third base, like Alex said, bringing in Neil Walker, that kind of uh, you know uh, eliminated that that possibility. So I think for him being in Triple A, that you know that's that's fine. At least that'll that'll give him some at bats. If he gets off to a hot start, and if if Walker or Drury start to struggle, obviously I think you'll see him up um, up in New York. But I, I think at this point in his development, I think the more at-bats, the better, as opposed to being on the big league roster and, you know, uh, you know, sharing time with Drury.
0: Now, Anduar, he started off the spring red hot, and he's kind of cooled off since. I believe his average has dipped below uh, 300. He, I don't think he's hit a home run since the first week of spring. So I think it, it, if you look deep inside the numbers, I guess you could kind of understand it. But, yeah, it's just – like it really is just it, once they signed Drury, we thought that was the you know red flag warning. Yeah, really that was the nail in it the really, coffin. It really right was away. when they signed Walker because you know if they have like Alex said, if they just get Drury, then you're probably looking at Har and Drury starting. But right. you know Neil Walker, as like we said on the last episode about Neil Walker, he's very consistent. I don't think Neil Walker has ever hit above 290 or below 250, and I don't think he's ever had. Uh, less than like 10 home runs or more than 21 home runs, like something like that. So he's almost guaranteed to hit 260, 270, 15, 20 home runs. And if you know, if I think Cashman probably looked at that and said, hey, if we know we're getting that, we got to take that because we don't, Tyler Wade, if we put him out there for over hundred games, he could hit 170 with five home runs for all we know. You know, is probably not going to be ready out there. So I think, I think Cashman and I think the Yankees, they want sure answers. and, Really, Anduar and all these young guys are just too big of questions right now for Cashman, these guys to put their trust in them opening day. And it's it's it really is. It's disappointing that it's like that, but that's that's what it is. And I think they've made that very clear the last couple of weeks.
2: It makes sense though, just because the does, Angus are does. they're going for the World Series this year. That's mm-hmm. what they're going for. And having two rookies or two young guys that are very unproven is not exactly the best plan. Where that could go really well, or it could go wrong, really exactly. wrong for them. Exactly.
0: That's you know, like that's the thing with Andujar. Andujar, of course, Anduhar and Glaber have higher ceilings than Neil Walker and Brandon Drury, but they also have much lower uh, floors. They also have a much larger margin of error that Drury and uh, Walker don't have. Guys that have actually have more than a few hundred major league at bats. So,
1: and and I agree with that as well. But at the same time, this Yankees lineup is so deep that I I think that would take so much pressure off these young guys to get in there, get acclimated. You know, last year with Judge, um, you know, obviously the year before with Gary, there, you know, there wasn't a lot around those guys. But I I think you could easily put a guy like Anduhar in the lineup, and uh, like I said, there wouldn't be a lot of pressure on him because it's such a deep lineup. Um, But, you know, I mean, obviously this is this is the move they made and so but I, I do think we'll see him up there or at least I hope we'll see him up at the big leagues uh at some point obviously this season
0: yeah because uh, just think of it where was Judge last year when he began the year he was hitting eighth and when I think we all know this if you've ever right. played baseball when you're hitting eighth or ninth I, even at the major I know it's obviously different at you know a high school level and a major league level but when you're hitting eighth, you're getting a lot more pitches to hit than when you're hitting third or fourth. And if you put a young guy up there, like let's say uh, even guy like Clint or you know Andujar, if they, if, hey, if they hit, if they're what we think they are, they could have a really hot April because they're just going to be getting a lot of pitches to hit and not being right. not being at the top of the order, you know? Because once they're by, once pitchers are by that top five the Yankees, they're just going to almost make a side, a side relief and. Having guys like Neil Walker down there instead of uh Anduhar just just doesn't exactly strike fear, strike the same fear. So we'll see how uh, what plays out. And I think the thing we're all forgetting and the thing we never wish to happen is hey, some someone's gonna get injured, right? Especially, you know, the more veterans you sign, the more likely that there's gonna be injuries. So I think right. that's I think that's gonna be when we're gonna see either Anduhar or Wade get a real shot is when someone goes down with an injury and who that is. And when that will be, who knows, because Neil Walker, I kind of the more the one reason I think I've kind of come around to the Walker signing is the fact that he's probably going to be our backup first baseman. And, you know, that's that's a pretty, pretty good backup first baseman to have if he could play a solid first base. So let's move on to the the starting rotation has been announced. Uh, I believe it was a few days ago that Boone basically said, here's here's the rotation. It will be. Luis Severino, obviously, as the ace. Masahiro Tanaka will be the two. Now here here's what I, I don't know about you guys, but I was surprised to see this. CC will be three, Sonny Gray will be four, and obviously Gumby will be the five. That surprised me. Yeah, I, I was Especially yeah, since that... Gumby's the one that's starting the
2: um the home opener. So it's not like they switched it around. So like Gray would be starting the home opener. CeCe would be starting Toronto. It's just they have yeah, CC third and Gumby fourth.
0: I yeah, like I, I was about to say because I heard that too, and I also heard something about CC saying that you know it's not like he doesn't, especially with his knees and his old age, like he doesn't. It's not ideal for him to pitch uh, in Toronto mm-hmm. with the turf. But you know, if he's the number three guy, I believe what was, we have a three game series to open up the year in Toronto. I think, I think it's four. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's yeah. okay. Okay, okay. That makes sense. I was about to say, like, wait a minute, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I was like, look, because we said at the beginning of the year, it's gonna be a three horse race for the Yankees ace, right? Like, obviously, <clears> it's Severino <throat> right now, but you know, 2016 Severino wasn't that long ago, so there's always In a 2016 that... Tanaka wasn't long ago either, yeah, or, yeah 20, yeah, exactly. So both versions of those guys if yeah exactly if 2016 tanaka shows up and 2016 sevigo shows up guess what tanaka's the ace but mm-hmm. you know i think gray and a lot of people are pegging like i if sunny gray <laughs> if sunny gray wins the cy young this year it would be like the biggest mass like hot take i've ever seen because i've seen so <laughs> many people say on twitter like oh Sonny yeah he's gray. like the he's dark the horse young. for the cy young he's going to win 18 games and have a 2.5 ERA and know it could could happen it could happen but i mean the fact that he's the number four guy to start the year and like i I know like like we said judge started last year batting eighth. Sevy started last year fighting for a rotation spot like where you start the year really doesn't mean a lot but i don't know i I was just very surprised to see wow you guys have cc as your number three pitcher um i just did not was very surprised by that so guys what do you guys think well i think
2: that I don't, I mean, it's not really going to have that much of an impact in the long run. Right. Um,
0: I, I just, I, it's more of like the notion, right? It's more yeah, than I think it's
2: background. more of their like respect mm-hmm. and their faith in CeCe who really has, he's reinvented himself um, and he's been really good the last two years. So, and Gray was, he was good for things last year, um, but he also had his moments where he was, you know, not wonderful And he still has a little bit to prove for the Yankees. Where CC, the last two years, has been really consistent. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not—it's surprising, but it's also I can—I can understand it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Sonny Gray, really—he what do you have? Only one or two starts last year in the postseason. He really wasn't used much. I say,
2: yeah, it was Game One of the ALDS, and then I say it was Game Four of the ALCS. I
0: think he might have had another one, but yeah. So I I thought that was, I was just very surprised by that because yeah, CC like CC just doesn't have like look. Sonny is in the race to be the guy for the Yankees, and CC isn't like CC. Yeah. No matter what he does, he just does not have the physical capabilities to be the Yankees ace, especially once October comes. Man, like, you know people don't realize how long an MLB season is for, especially for a thirty-seven, thirty. CC is going to be thirty-eight this year. So
1: yeah, you know, I, I think, I guess, uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe one, it, it kind of stretches out the rotation a little bit. If you think about a series, maybe ending with Tanaka and then a three game series coming up, you're still throwing out a guy with number one, number two type stuff. And, and sunny, obviously only other thing I could think of is maybe splitting up the lefties in the rotation. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I mean, that's not a bad rot I mean, that's a pretty good starting five, obviously. Um, you know, CC, like you said, I mean, he really kind of regressed over the last several years. And then, obviously, these last two years, seen some good things out of him, kind of more breaking balls and off-speed pitches. But, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it, you know, it doesn't really matter where they're slotted. I think having a guy like Sonny Gray in, in your uh, – as the number four guy in your rotation, obviously, is a luxury to have that not a lot of teams – maybe outside of like the Houston Astros really have a guy that good in their fourth spot.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it really, like, like I said, it really, cause as the year goes on so much, so many things could change. You could slot guys in and out, but yeah, I didn't, I was, if you would have, I would have put a lot of money on the fact that the Yankees first three starters to begin the year would be, uh, Sevy, Tanaka, and Gray. But, hey, I've been wrong before has been proven by my March Madness brand. Uh, So i was going to read some – Aaron Boone had some quotes today. Uh, I just wanted to read this because I was, like, rolling through Brian uh, Hoax tweets. And uh, I just want to let everyone know that Jacoby Ellsbury sat out today with a sore throat and a fever.
1: So Jacoby.
0: I I could not stop laughing at that, man. Aaron boone said he might get at bats in a sim game tomorrow and like and this, when i when i hear jacoby ellsbury might get at bats in a sim game i just think of ellsbury firing up the ps4 and playing the game. <laughs> so that's like all i could think of um yeah and also boone also said that is going to split reps at AAA between second base and shortstop and it'll be about 50 50 so that's pretty interesting i, I mean I think it should be more than fifty-fifty because I get he's a shortstop, but hey, man, you're you're not if you're going to be on the Yankees, you're not playing shortstop for a good bit.
1: Well, and if anything, I could see maybe a fifty-fifty split between second and third. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, shorts that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me there.
2: One thing I saw that I completely forgot about that kind of makes sense if you think about it is that Didi's a free agent after the twenty nineteen season. So I mean, hopefully the Yankees would. Extend him, or re-sign him, but they might just want to keep Glaber like fresh at shortstop, just mm-hmm. you know, just as a precaution for the future, because he's a natural shortstop. Didi's I mean, it's pull- I mean, Didi's it's way pull- too early I mean, to. You, are you
0: saying say that Deedy's gonna pull Camel?
2: I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I saw that, and it just it. I realized that like Deedy's been in the league a while, mm-hmm. like a lot longer than you think he is has been.
0: Breaking news, DD Gregory signs an 8-year, 300 starts spreading the news. <laughs> $15 million deal with the Miami Marlins. Oh boy. <laughs> but really I, I yeah, cuz DD I mean, if he has a couple more years, like he has but last year, he's going to be worth quite a bit of money. You know? He's going to get paid. And yeah, I mean, that's that's far down the road, but that's a good th- that's good good thought Alex, because yeah, I, I don't want to think of that cuz there is I like don't, I don't either. It just it was it, like an I, eerie silence oh, after 2019. I was just like, yeah, that's that's after this year. That's <laughs> close. So,
1: I can't envision him sending out those tweets for any other team. I hope yeah, not.
0: For real. For real. Um, another note that the fact that Miguel Andujar, 24 minutes after being optioned at AAA, he was named the Yankees 2017 minor <laughs> league player of the year. <laughs> that's awkward. Um, yeah, so you're, here's your reward: the Scranton shuttle, a free, a free bus pass, and the Scranton shuttle. At um, yeah, so let's let's move on to the pinstripe previews. Uh, we're gonna keep rolling with these. We're we're definitely because you know the season starts in 12 days, and whatever pinstripe previews we haven't done, we're just gonna do in the big preview show. There's not not too many left. Uh, obviously, saving Judge for Judge for the end. The three today we have, uh, we have we have an outfielder and we have two two relief pitchers and we're going to start off with none other than Aaron Hicks, the man, the former Minnesota Twin. Uh, you know, Hicksy, three point nine. Hicks had a three point nine WAR last year. I would have not have guessed that. I would not have guessed that, especially with right? the amount of time he missed. Right. I mean, he's just like I. Hicks is always the for guy, you know, because people always talk about. Gary Sanchez, the forgotten Yankee. Like, If you think Gary Sanchez is the forgotten Yankee, you probably watch eight Yankee games a year because there's, Gary Sanchez is not the forgotten Yankee.
2: Anyone, any Yankees fan does not forget about Gary Sanchez.
0: Yeah, man. Come on. That's my point exactly. But to me, the forgotten Yankees, Aaron Hicks, I always forget about Aaron Hicks. There will be times when I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, I'll say the lineup and people say to me, what about Aaron Hicks? And I don't know why. I just always forget about him because, He's really just such a solid like, – he's such a solid guy to have on your team. He's like that basketball player who just hits all his free throws and plays solid defense. I mean, he's an outstanding – I've said so many times on the show before, he's an outstanding center fielder. I love watching him play the outfield. He's, a can, I, he's the cannon of an arm. Uh, it, does he still hold the record for, like, fastest recorded ball from the I outfield? I think so. He's, yeah, I mean, like he, when he threw 105, I think. Yeah, like he's just – a phenomenal athlete out there uh, hit 266 last year with 15 homers 52 runs batted in but see this is what I like about Hicks 372 on base percentage last year with the 266 average that's a guy that could hit in my lineup any day um but yeah so Hicks um even though some some writers in the BBB think that Jacoby Ellsbury is going to overtake his starting <laughs> position in center field um Aaron Hicks as for the foreseeable future is the Yankee center fielder so what are you guys expecting out of Hixey's this year?
2: I think it, I'm expecting probably, I would say the same, honestly.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say, like, it's hard to imagine much different.
2: It's also hard to predict what he's going to do because, you know, he was kind of really bad in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then he came out last year. He was really good. Um, and then he got injured. And then when he once he came back in August – he w- he was good but he wasn't as good and a lot of his value comes from his defense because his 3.9 war a lot of that has got to be based on his defense
0: mm-hmm.
2: cuz i mean 266 15 homers 372 on base percentage that's pretty solid for in 300 at bats but it's not you know it's not outstanding so i think he's going to get a lot of um He's going to be really valuable because of his defense um, as a starting center fielder. But I would not be surprised if he posted like a little bit worse offensive numbers. But it won't matter as much because he's just so good uh, defensively.
1: Yeah. uh, First of all, he's got a great name. So he's got that going for him. (laughs) Yeah. but secondly, yeah, I think batting average obviously is one of the most overrated stats in baseball. What you've got to look at with a guy like Hicksie is his three seventy-two on base percentage. Like you said, Luigi, I mean that's that's a guy that you want hitting at the top of your lineup. You know, I mean that's the guy that's gonna get on base. Somebody like Stanton Judge or Sanchez is gonna hit him in. Um, and, and so I, I think even if he gives you those numbers or maybe something a little bit less even, I think you're fine with that. I mean that's a guy that you can you can either just plug him into your everyday lineup maybe platoon with Ellsbury as much as I hate to say that um, but I mean you know again he doesn't have to put up gaudy numbers to to have an impact on this team um, I, I think if he can get on base, you know have a 360 370 on base percentage whatever his average is I, I think that's that's a productive season for a guy like that kind of to Alex's point from a defensive standpoint obviously he's he's probably the best uh, defensive outfielder. Uh, that the Yankees have. And so I don't really count Gardner. I mean, I know he's got a perfect feeling percentage, but he's got a pea shooter for an arm. So, uh, besides that, I think, you know, I think Hicks will put up kind of like Alex said, similar numbers. Hopefully he still stays healthy over the, over the course of the season, but, uh, certainly a guy that, that you want to plug into your everyday lineup.
0: Yeah, and I'm taking this straight from uh, the pinch stripe preview on the Bronx Marble, written by our own uh, Matt G. That you know, Hicks before he got injured was remember, he was he was ripping the ball, he was hitting close to 300, uh, 10 homers, 37 runs batted an in. And yeah, it's a guy that just always injuries always seem to plague him. Uh, I think what was it, an oblique injury last year? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And he, yeah, he came back and just was not the same guy at all. But you know, I I'll a, always uh, remember
2: him for the home run off of Kluber in that mm-hmm. ALDS, though.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, you know, he had a couple big postseason moments. Um, but yeah, so with Hicks, I think that, like I was saying, I think Andrew was the one that suggested, um, because we were trying to figure out, you know, who would be a good leadoff hitter for the Yankees. And, you know andrew kind of suggested hicks and i said that if hicks because right now hicks got his was average set 265 last year with 370 on base percentage so let's say hicks gets his average up to 280 and the on base percentage follows along if he's hitting 280 with the on base percentage roughly around 400 he could hit at the top of the lineup for all i care i mean that's, that'd be a really good lead off yeah there. that's that's a perfect leadoff hitter in my opinion like I am. I'm gonna get a hat that says do, or a shirt that says "Do not hit Didi at leadoff" because that's the worst idea ever. Oh yeah. Like oh definitely. Like, what would? Let's play a game. What would Didi's batting average have to be for him to have a 400 on base percent? Three sixty Wow. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I was gonna say like 355, but it le- legitimately might be more.
2: No, I love Didi, but he just he doesn't walk at all.
0: Yeah. And, but exactly. he he's really good at making contact, which
2: he doesn't. You know, he doesn't really walk because of that, mm-hmm. but yeah. he just, he does not walk at all.
0: Like, DD like D, D was literally made in the lab to be a five hitter. Like, he, yeah. you just put that guy on second and third, one out. He's probably going to hit a ground ball and get the run in, just, you know, or hit a fly ball. It's just a perfect guy you want in the middle of the lineup. Not the, probably the, I'm not going to say the worst guy at the top of the lineup, but just not, no, the, he's not the He's definitely not the worst. Hell yeah. But oh, he's yeah. Just, <laughs> Um Austin Roman I would classify as the worst. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I just um, looked
2: it up. Didi has 136 career walks.
1: Wow. Yeah. How many games?
2: Oh, uh, in 635 career games.
0: How many did Judge have last year?
2: 110,
0: <laughs> I want to say. Wow,
1: that's a
2: pretty yeah. incredible
1: stat. That that really is.
2: Yeah. Like I remember 20, he like, walked 25 times last year. Oh, which is the third most in his career.
0: Like I think I think I speak for like all of us We're like you know growing up like how do you not like you always took walks like when I was when I was growing up playing baseball like I you weren't looking for a walk. You but, didn't want
2: to have a walk but yeah, if you if you walked you'd be like okay well I'm on base now.
0: I mean who like, cuz it's almost the factor. That who's that good that you're just going to be free swinging that much? Like yeah, yeah it's it's crazy but anyways yeah, so with Hicksy, I want to do an, I was gonna do an over and under with either batting average or home run for Hicks, but since he has so many injury issues, I'm gonna do over and under for games. So, you know, with Hicks, I believe he played in 89 games last year. He played in less than 100. Great. Um, so, huh. yeah, 88 games last year. Wow. Playing, yeah, see, I, he barely played in over half the season. I mean, he was out for a while. Um, played 123 in one hundred twenty three in twenty sixteen, and then when he was on the Twins, he never played in over a hundred. So he's only played in over a hundred games once. So, over and under a hundred games played this year for Aaron Hicks.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over, but not by much. I'm gonna say like 105,
0: 110. It's so tough I, because it's almost saying like, is he gonna get injured? Because if he doesn't I, feel, get injury, I
2: feel like he he may get an injury. Um, but he also, there's a chance where he also might, you know, just not get a lot of at-bats, um, because say Stanton and Judge and Gardner are all hitting, and say Hicks is not doing as well, Yankees might, you know, bench him and have put Gardner in center and then just have Judge and Stan in the outfield, hypothetically. So I mean,
0: well, Stanton clearly can't play left field. As oh, definitely the, the few appearances in spring training he's had. Alex. Come on. Oh you, yeah, that's that's you, true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. if you have Twitter downloaded? Come on, man. that's <laughs> be real. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm gonna like I'm gonna go over. uh but but like Alex said, not much. Um, he, here's the thing. The, the thing about Hicks, he is, I mean, he he was the first first round 14th i think 14th overall pick back in so i mean the talent is there if he's hitting he's going to be in the lineup as much as possible obviously like you guys said though it's it's injuries and um so fingers crossed he plays in over 100 games um if he doesn't then then uh you know i guess i don't know we'll see thankfully we got some depth yeah. Yeah. There we go. I'm Hopefully say- at that point, we're looking at somebody else.
0: Yeah. For real. I'm going to say just under. Yeah. Cause you know, I'll, I'll probably, I'm, I could see him playing like 90, 95 games. I just think he's going to have it beyond the 60 day DL, you know, just, it's just going to happen. Guys that are injury prone, usually stay injury prone, but I hope not because I really like Hicks. Um, And I, I did this last show, so I'll just keep it going. Uh, baseball reference, this stats page has, they have projections for the players and they're projecting kicks at two fifty with fourteen homers and forty seven runs by then. So that's a bit of a bit of a regression, but I'd be fine if he put up those numbers. But only a three thirty on base percentage, so I think they're wrong there. I think he has a higher on base percentage than that.
2: Yeah, he has he's he has such a good eye now mm-hmm. that he's like Judge, even if he's not hitting, he's still walking. That was the case, like um when he came back from the DL, even though he wasn't hitting that much, he was still walking a lot.
0: And another thing Hicks brings to the lineup that the Yankees, really really one of the few things they need in the lineup is speed because Hicks had, I think 10 stolen bases last year before he got hurt. Once he came back from his injury, he didn't I don't think he stole any bases, but you know, he had 10 stolen bases about around halfway through the year. So if he could, if he could swipe 15, 20 bags a year, that's a solid addition to the lineup because Really, you look through one through nine in the Yankees lineup. There's just not a whole lot of base deals. And I know it's
2: kind of it's Gardner, think, and that's it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people think, you know, base dealing is almost like a lost art, especially when you have a team that hits as many home runs as the Yankees. But uh, I think it's very important to have a couple guys, at least a couple guys in your lineup that can swipe a bag, and Hicks might fit that role. So, yeah, that's that's the Aaron Hicks preview. Um, let's let's move on. We're going to now uh, go to back-to-back bullpen, guys. Um Let's start with Tommy Kainley. Um, Tommy Canley, the guy that that's like people, like I was like people say Gary Sanchez is the forgotten Yankee. Tommy is the forgotten addition in that White Sox race. Because you know, people always say with D-Ro, you know, everyone remembers we got D-Rob, but Tommy Canley might be the real jewel of that trade, man. Especially if d rob just dips after this year and we still have Canely. I mean, is just he's he's awesome. I love Kainley. Fact, fun fact. <laughs> Kane Lee went to college in my hometown. Like he went to small school, Lynn university right by my house and I actually won a national championship there. And I actually was friend, I'm friends with the coach's son. So a f- little fun. I know our audience was dying to hear that, but I just had to say that a little fun. I was time. on
2: the edge of my seat. That whole yeah, story. Alex,
0: I, I heard Alex breathing. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just had to mention that about Cain Lee. Like, you know, shout, shout out to Lynn university, but yeah, man, he was awesome last year. Sixty-two and two-thirds innings, ninety-six strikeouts, uh, only a one point one one seven WHIP. Just, just another guy in the Yankees bullpen that just makes you salivate every time you watch him. Uh, was a big part of the postseason. I think he was one of the one of the more guys, one of the guys you could rely on in the postseason. Um, he was. I don't think he was. He was pretty uh, – he had a 2.5 URA for the White Sox, and then once he went to the Yankees, he had a 2.7 URA. So he was pretty steady throughout the year, unlike D-Rob, who was much better for the Yankees than he was for the White Sox. So, guys, what do you think Canely's role is going to be in this bullpen? Is he going to be uh, like, look, we? – I'm done talking about what Boone's going to do with the bullpen, but do you guys see Canely possibly being that eighth inning guy? Is, does he have the talent to do that?
2: He definitely has the talent for it. Um, I think the Yankees would go more Dellen and green like AC's uh, bold prediction. Um, I think Kainley is going to be more of like an earlier inning guy, like maybe sixth or seventh inning as more of just getting out of a jam type of guy because he's one where he can get a lot of strikeouts, but he also does not walk a lot of guys. In the mm-hmm. entire regular season last year, he only walked I think ten guys. So yeah, he's around he's, the plate a
0: lot.
2: Yeah, he's around the plate. He can throw strikes and he can get strikeouts. So oh, with the with the Yankees, I just looked it up. He only walked ten guys in twenty six and two thirds innings, which is really good. Mm-hmm. So I can pick. I can see him as more of like a fireman role than a set innings guy.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, 10 walks in 26 and two-thirds innings. But usually gets 10 walks in about six and two-thirds innings. Uh, <laughs> good change.
1: Yeah, uh, I think in most – obviously, most ball clubs, I think, would have them slotted into that eighth-inning role. But the Yankees' bullpen is just so deep. Uh, you got Green, you got Robertson, but you got Chapman, you got Conley, you got uh, – even Warren, you know, kind of an unsung hero in the Yankees bullpen last year. It's just such a deep bullpen that I, I, I think, kind of like Alex said, maybe a sixth, seventh inning guy. If the bullpen is taxed, maybe you'll see him slot into that eighth inning role. Um, but he, he definitely has good stuff. He he misses a lot of bats. And that's what you want out of a guy, obviously, at the back end of your bullpen. But with how deep this uh, this bullpen is at this point, you know, I, I don't think he's any anything more than a sixth or seventh inning guy.
0: Um, he listen to this. Last year with the White Sox in thirty six innings, sixty strikeouts. That is that's some and sweet. seven walks. Yeah, that's some heat, man. God, yeah, like I really because I Last year in the postseason, I think he might have been my fit. Like if I had a number one option in the postseason, if I were Girardi, it would have been Canely because he was just blown it by the Astros. And same with the Indians. But yeah, is that's the question though? Is Cainley going to be used more of you know one like a two three inning guy role at a time, or is he going to be just that one inning at a time eighth inning guy?
2: I um, think maybe he would just be like he can come in in the middle of an inning, get an out or two, and then if he's only thrown 10, 15, 20 pitches, maybe he can start another inning, maybe finish it. I wouldn't say he's like a two-inning guy, though. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a good point.
0: Yeah, no, I was about to say, I think in an ideal world, I think that your two guys that, like, look, I love Green, but I think Green is so much better for, you know, two-inning at a time, put him in the fourth or fifth inning if you need him to, you know, throw a few innings and save your bullpen That's that's the perfect role for green but a guy like Canley, i mean if he's just out there for one inning at a time good luck him. i mean he is just if he gives like he's like chat like almost like Chappie, where if he gives everything into one inning it's going to be awfully tough to get a hold of him so i think in an ideal world i would want Canley in the seventh inning probably d rob in the eighth and then chapman in the ninth but it's it's really, they're going to have to earn it because who knows if D Rob comes out struggling or Warren who Warren, we're going to talk about next. And there's Warren's another guy who, like you said, AC, just kind of gets forgotten as a guy that's really solid, you know, a guy we got from the Cubs and just, just does what he needs to do and just get, doesn't really, you know, strike a whole lot of guys out, but just gets out. And which is very rare for relievers nowadays. It seems like every top reliever averages almost two strikeouts per inning, but. So, let's see over and under with Tommy Tommy Kainley, A 2 ERA. Or no, let, let's go with 2.5 ERA cuz he's really never been in the one range. So, over or under a 2.5 OERA for Tommy Kainley this year.
2: I'm going to go bold and I'm going to say under. Um, I just I feel like he's going to be really good and he's just going to the way he is, he you know, he pitches one inning. He has such good stuff where it's going to be really hard to hit him. So he might have one or two, you know, like rough outings, but for the most part, I think he's going to be really
1: good. Yeah, I think I'm going to go over a two five under a three zero. Though I think, uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's he's shown he's got the stuff, but two uh, five. I mean, that's that's still getting it done. So I'm going to go just over a two five.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go just under because I, like I said, I really like Canley. I think he's gonna be in that 2.2, 2.3 range. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be the Yankees' seventh inning guy. And of course, I, of course, depending if Boone uses roles, which I mean, I think he will. I, Boone doesn't like <laughs> call me crazy, but I saw Boone like a picture of Boone today, just giving an interview. And he had his hat like he had. He was wearing his hat like a shortstop of like a travel team you know like off to the side i'm just like is this really our man manage- is this really the yankees manager now like tory wouldn't even have let players wear their hats like that and then here's aaron boone like just you know wearing his hat to the side but so i i thought that was funny but yeah i don't think that boone's going to be like overcomplicated or overanalytical with the bullpen i think he's going to have set roles and i think canley is going to be that seventh inning guy and i think he's going to have a hell of a year um so let's move on to our final pinch rep right here a guy that we were just talking about not too long ago Adam Warren uh here's look in that forgotten yankee section he's another guy who really gets forgotten and guys real quick what was adam warren's whip last year i'm
2: gonna i i'm gonna let ac guess on this because i'm kind of looking at his baseball
0: reference page right now you looking at it don't don't say it
1: well, then I don't think either of us can answer it.
0: Well, his risk <laughs> last year was a 0. .87. Dirty. Dirty. I I would not have thought that. Right? time you have under a one-whip, that's nothing to mess with. You're sitting at the big boys' table. And Adam Warren did that last year. Two two hmm. 2.35 ERA, 57 in, th- 57 in the third innings pitched, only 35 hits given up. See, the guy, he isn't flashy. He isn't overpowering. Only struck out 54 guys in those 57 or third innings. But he gets the job done. And he really, he's going to be a guy, I think. He's almost, like, I hate to stop. He's almost like a poor man's version of Chad Green, where he doesn't throw yeah. as hard. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have that same stuff. But he kind of just <laughs> does the same thing, where, you know, you can rely on him to get seven, eight outs and, you know, just be there day in, day out a guy that's never going to get too tired, a guy that's never going to get uh, too high or too low. Adam Warren's just a really good guy to have in the bullpen. And a guy that, honestly, I know this might sound uh, tough, but he might be like the perfect uh, piece to put in a trade deal. Because if, you, if you're if you trying to offer it, if you're trying to get, a, let's say, another starting pitcher or whoever, and you need one major league player to juicing up that deal, Adam Warren would be a re- – He'd be a really good eighth inning guy for a team. I mean, especially with all the bullpen guys the Yankees have, they could afford to give up a guy like Adam Warren. And another team, he'd probably be the best or maybe the second best uh, reliever in a team's bullpen. So – with Adam Warren this year, what role do you see Warren having this year? And I know I kind of, you know, just said it, but do you guys, you no, know, that's what I was gonna ask. I'm such, I'm such an idiot. This this drive really took a lot out of me. But do you guys see Warren? Because I've seen this talked about a lot. Do you guys see Warren possibly being worked in as a starter? Because that bullpen might get too packed for him. And hey, if CC or Gumby or somebody goes down or someone starts struggling. They might not want to just, you know, bring up Sheffield or bring up, uh, Ch- especially not Chance at this point. So, do you guys see Warren possibly? Becoming I don't star? really. I don't
2: really think they would have Warren start. I think was it last year or not last year? Did they bring him into camp this year as a starter?
0: I Which year that, was that?
2: It might have been Green.
0: Or no, I think well, it was
2: Green. But they brought him in. It might have been this year. They they originally brought him in as a starter. Um, no, no, no. It was last year. I'm, I'm it was sorry. Last, it
0: was, yeah, you know, but
2: yeah, um, and then it was kind of the case with Green this year, where you know he started one or two games, and they're like, yeah, he's gonna be the bullpen now. Um, but I know he started in 2015, and he was actually like pretty decent.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I think having him as a st- like trying to convert him as a starter now would be a lot more effort during the regular season just because they'd have to stretch him out. Mm-hmm. And I think it would take away um, his a little bit of his value just because they probably, in order to stretch him out as a starter, they might send him down um, just so he could start a few games in AAA. So I think he's the type of guy where I think they would rather just have him in the bullpen, almost like in the role that Chad Green's in where he can he can throw one or two innings. Um, and if they needed an emergency starter, they may go – just go to Green because he did start um, in spring training and he has started before. And they might do what they did last year where they had Green start a game, I think, and he only went like yeah. two innings.
0: Yeah, I think he went and- like three innings. He was, he was nasty in the time he was out there.
2: Yeah. So they what they can do is because the bullpen is so deep and they have guys who can go multiple innings, they could just – have green go as long as he can go and then they can stick Warren in there. And that's right there, that's you know five or six innings out of them.
0: Yeah. I was just the reason I brought up Warren as you know possibly being the starter is because people wanted to do that with Green. And it for me it was to the point where look, Green is that nasty out of the bullpen that you really shouldn't mess with him. But Warren, Warren's very, very good out of the bullpen, but he's not like so nasty that he was like, Oh, you can't take him out of the bullpen. I-, I think Warren might be the perfect guy that like you said, like an emergency starter, like a guy that, you know, only has around six, seven starts over the course of the year. Like I would much I would much rather see Warren in that role than Green, because if like you said, if Green, like what he did last year, if he's like the emergency starter, that means he's not going to be in the bullpen for a good three or four games after that. So I, know, I think Warren is, if, we, if he stays on the Yankees throughout the year, I think Warren would be like the perfect, you know, 50 appearances, 10 starts kind of guy. I think we're
2: also forgetting that Luis Sessa is still on the Yankees.
0: That's but, what I was trying to do. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I just hey, remember that. I'm like, who's, okay. Who's our emergency starter? Cessa. Our emergency
2: starter is Luis Sessa
1: right like now.
0: Five, it's Luis Sessa starts another like Sunday afternoon rain delay game, whatever for the Yankees. I am going to.
1: Cap 1 on 2.0.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I get so mad when I talk about Yankee The
2: Thing with Sessa though is like he has some games where he looks good. There was one game last year, I forget when it was, but he had like eight strikeouts in four innings or something, and he didn't give up a run, and he looked good. And you can see he actually has some decent stuff. And then he'll go out and give up, you know, he'll go up, give up four runs in a third of an inning, and he's just getting pounded. And he just—he doesn't look good. He just, he, for the most part, he's not that good of a pitcher. He's like Pineda, where you can see he has potential, but he just does not use it.
0: Yeah, Luis Sessa uh, has a year-round pass to the Scranton shuttle. Like that. <laughs> I just—I can't stand Sessa. I, that's the thing. I'd much rather see Warren take those emergency starts when they're needed, rather than Sessa, or rather than like look, I. I would love to see Sheffield, but I don't know. At this point, I don't think just bringing up Sheffield in the middle of the year is just – I would I would out.
2: think they would have Adams before Sheffield just because Sheffield's going to be pitching in double
0: A. I like, see, I, I'm convinced at this point that Chance Adams is going to be in the Yankees minor league system when he's like 38 years old. So like, <laughs> like once they brought up – uh, once they had Caleb Smith start over him, I was like, all right, I guess Chance Adams sucks because if they have Caleb – didn't Caleb Smith pitch today? Yeah, he gave up four runs in the first inning. No yeah, yeah, big gl- deal. I'm glad I was driving during that. But yeah, I don't know. I I just don't see the Yankees until it, like it's almost one of those things where till, until it happens, like I don't think Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams are going to start a game pitching for the Yankees anytime soon.
2: <laughs> just and, well, I mean, they have they have other options. Like you said, they have Sessa. They could go to someone like Warren or Green, so they don't necessarily have to go. To Sheffield or Adams.
0: No, I'm just saying, like, I would much rather, like, because you said Sessa, and I said, you know, the fact that they have Sessa and uh, uh, K.O. Smith starting over Sheffield Adams, it just boggles my mind. It's like, wait, are you saying these two guys are more ready than these two guys? You know, look, I get you probably value these two guys more than uh, Sessa and Smith, but, you know, it's, you just, at at some point, you just want to see guys get a chance. But, AC, we haven't gotten your thoughts on. The Warren man, Adam Warren.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously I kind of shared my opinion on him earlier. Um, I, I think he's got good stuff. I, I think like what you said, I think he could be used in a, in a trade piece before the deadline if need be. Um, but I was looking up as numbers. Uh, 2015 started 17 games through 130 innings, had a whip of 1.16. I mean, he was, he was effective. Um and so I, I think he's a guy that probably won't see a lot of starts. But I think if somebody's going to going to get a spot start, they might throw him for four or five innings, kind of like what the Jays did with uh, Be a or whatever his name is. Um, just kind of a guy that again, you can you can stretch out, you can throw him more innings if need be. Um, but he's and he's not going to light up the radar gun. He's not. I mean, he's not going to. Uh, you know, shock you with his incredible breaking ball, but he gets the job done. Like you said, a whip of, you know, 0.87 last season. That's just, that's ridiculous. So I think his role is probably going to be, you know, if if a guy like, uh, if anyone in the rotation gets to a high pitch count, you know, it's only the fourth, fifth inning, but we're still somewhat in the game. I wouldn't be surprised to see them throw Warren out there for two, maybe even three innings. Um, and then again, if, if we're in a situation where you're starting to see a lot more teams going to a six man rotation, if maybe Warren hasn't gotten a lot of work out of the pen, because again, it's such a deep bullpen and and we're in a situation where maybe we're trying to give you know Severino Tanaka a little more rest, we might throw Warren out there for maybe four or five innings and then piece it together with the bullpen from there on out. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a maybe a handful of starts this season. Um, again, just because of the depth of this bullpen. Um, but also I wouldn't be surprised to see him gone by the end of July too. But I mean, he's a, he's a guy hits as long as he's been in New York, he's had success. He actually in, in Chicago, your ERA was almost six in the 35 innings he threw for them. Uh, I think two years ago, um, but in pinstripes, he's actually thrown the ball really well.
0: Yeah, that is funny how he's, been pretty solid, pretty consistent. His you know his whole uh, six years as a Yankee, but that one year in Chicago, he was really bad. <laughs> and he just, just got him right back. And like you know, he's here, he is now. But so let's see, over and under for Adam Warren. I'm gonna go with over and under fifty appearances this year. Now, little context: he had in 2016 a total of 58, and last year he had 46 appearances. So over and under 50 appearances for Adam Warren in 2018. I'm going to say over Uh, just because
2: last year he had 46 and he missed um, he missed a lot of time, not a lot of time. He missed a few weeks Mm -hmm. with I forget what injury it was, but I see I can see him pretty much in the role that he was in last year. And if he can go the whole year without getting injured, he definitely would be able to get over 50 appearances with that.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely going to go with the uh, with the over. I think uh, if he gets a couple starts in there, again, I, I think they're going to use him a lot out of the bullpen. I yeah, I definitely think he'll he'll get over that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go slightly over as well because I think that I think him and Green are both going to both going to be above uh, north of sixty appearances this year. I think they're going to be used, and I feel like there's not going to be many games, many Yankee games where. Either Green or Warren aren't used. Like it's you know it's gonna be like one of those things yeah. where only an X amount of games were played with the Yankees where these one of these two guys wasn't used. But yeah, I'll go over for Warren. I think he's gonna have another solid, consistent year. Um, I that, I don't think he's gonna repeat that point eight seven. whip, though. that's that was a career best for him. <laughs> that's the first time he was actually ever under one for yeah. a season, and he didn't style and something that really flew under the radar. You wouldn't expect that from him, but. Just a really good solid pitcher. So those are the three pinch previews for the show. Um, I, I have to put, I have to go back and see which ones we haven't done because we only have a few left. But there's definitely a few, still a few good ones to do. Um, now let's we're gonna end the show with uh, we previewed the Indians last week. Uh, you know, I just went through them. You know, a little little like 10-15 minute preview. Now this week we're gonna do the the team that knocked out the Yanks last year in the LCS and look that it was a great series last year. It felt good to be for the Yankees to be in a meaningful postseason series once again, because it felt like it'd been so long. Um, the Houston Astros team that defending world series champs, um, you know, just really, you have, you hate to say it, they're just a phenomenal team. I mean, that infield, I think they have the best infield in baseball. Um, you know them adding Verlander last year and Verlander just turning back the clock was just freaking unbelievable. I mean he was just he was just phenomenal for them. I mean he only had like six seven starts during the regular season for him, but I mean he was just lights out, like prime vintage Verlander. Um, you know th- this yeah this Astros team they they're gonna be a thorn in the side for the Yanks for quite a bit. Um, it really might turn into the Yankees versus the Astros in the ALCS for next four or five years especially with all the youth i mean you got guys like correa you got guys like Bregman. i mean guys are so these guys are so young these guys are like friggin my age and they're they're produced they're producing and they're freaking freaking winning world series for the astros so what do you, you guys think that the astros take a step forward take a step back or just they're the same dominant juggernaut that they were last year
2: i think they're I'm thinking they're just basically gonna be the same. I mean they got Garrett Cole who could that could be a very good addition for them. Or it could basically just be the same. I was
0: about to say, like, the reason why I suggested Cole, like us getting Cole because I just have a feeling that Cole is just gonna be really bad for them. And if Cole is just like there's for I don't know, for Garrett Cole, it there's either he's either gonna be, you know, an all star or he's either gonna be on the trade block because they're just I mean, gonna like, DFA him. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just no in between. But yeah, them adding Garrett Cole um is a big move. I think they had him listed as like the number three guy behind Verlander and Keuchel. And I don't know. I think that McCullers might still be more trusted in that uh rotation than him. But do you guys think that the uh, that the do, like, the Astros, it just because we – look, the Yankees could not hit in Houston for the life of them last year in that series. They didn't hit fine in the stadium, but they could just not hit in Houston. And when you look at the Astros rotation, it really doesn't – look, the starting rotation with Keiko and Verlander, when those two guys are on, you know, you're probably losing both games. Like, that, that's always tough. But that bullpen just doesn't scare me. Like, what do you guys think of the uh, Astros rotation? And Their uh, the rotation's phenomenal. No, they're, yeah, they're, I was about to say, they're just their pitching staff in general.
2: Yeah, like the rotation is really good with Keiko and Verlander. Um, And McCullers, as much as I really do not like him, (laughs) he really has a lot of potential and he could be really good. Cole has been good for some time. He wasn't great last year, but he could be pretty good. And then they have Charlie Morton, who somehow became actually pretty decent last year except for the one game against the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, for the most part, I think the rotation could be really good. Um, Like, basically on par, if not better, than the Yankees' rotation. Um, Their bullpen, on the other hand, though, is really – just very mediocre.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was mainly getting at. Like, yeah, look, when you have two guys in your rotation, like Keiko and Verlander, it's well, that's you could. It doesn't matter if you have nobody as your three or four and five guys. Like those two guys can get you two wins if they're on. Exactly. But yeah, like the bullpen, you got Ken Giles as the closer, a few other guys, like a few other names you recognize in there, but. Really, no one that just hops out. It's like oh, Giles,
2: okay. and then they have Davinsky.
0: Juan like scared me like a few years ago. Not anymore. You know? Yeah, like Pete I just, it's, Peacock, I don't, I don't almost want to come in the game. Like, yeah, they just, I, I really say to myself, damn, like, how, how did this team shut? How did this pitching staff just shut down the Yankees last year? But you know, for the guys,
2: like during the ALCS, it was the Astros did not want to go to their bullpen because yeah. their bullpen was so bad. I mean, you think about, it. I don't know, I don't remember how much the bullpen pitched in the first two games in Houston, but I know that Keiko and Verlander pitched deep into the game. Um, and then once you get into, when they're playing Yankee stadium, uh, the Astros bullpen completely blew game four and they, they weren't very good, uh, in game five, and I want to say game three, they weren't good either. So for the most part, it's just like they – the bullpen can be good, but it can also implode like it did during the ALCS.
1: Yeah, I mean when I look at the Astros pitching, um, <clears throat> you know, Verlander, when, when he was – last season in Detroit, through 170 innings, had an ERA of 3.8, and then somehow found the fountain of youth and had a big, uh, what was it, uh, five, six starts with Houston and, and like going like, into the Like, like What's one, that? He had like a
0: 1.5 ERA and like five or six starts with them. In the right.
1: Season. So I think that, maybe some of that and and he's pitching and he's got a great lineup, obviously uh, it takes a lot of pressure off of him, but I, I'm, I'm obviously as a Yankees fan, I'm, I'm hoping he kind of reverts back to that first half uh, that he had with, uh, with Detroit last season. And then you look at the rest of the rotate, you got Keuchel who's, you know, potentially injury problems. You got Cole who he's had his fair share of injuries last year. He threw 200 innings, had an ERA over four and that's in the, uh, and, and the national league central, obviously you come to the, uh, to the American league and it's a whole different ball game, throwing to a DH, not having to throw to pitchers. And and so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, his ERA hovers, you know, over three, five, three, eight, maybe even a four, then you've got McCullers. He's had some injury problems. Um, uh, so a lot of question marks in their rotation. Um, you know, obviously, if everybody's on and everybody's healthy, it's a scary, scary team. Probably uh, the biggest uh, threat to the Yankees in the American League, I think, undoubtedly. Um, bullpen, uh, obviously, they've 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 there's some question marks there. Um, but if you know, again, if, if it if they have issues with injuries, you know, then 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 obviously there's going to be some issues there. Uh, if Verlander throws like he did kind of, and it was so strange too, because with Verlander, it kind of seemed like, okay, this is a guy he's kind of on his way out. And then I don't know what happened. All of a sudden he started to look like the Justin Verlander of old, you know, hitting 98 in the eighth inning and just kind of pitching out of his mind. So, um, it's a, definitely a lot of potential there. Scary to think what they can, what they can accomplish. Um, but the bullpen's definitely going to be their Achilles heel this season.
0: Yeah, um, I just really the thing that's scared. I'm not scared about the Astros rotation – because, really, I don't think that Verlander can do what he did last year. Like, there's no, there's a less than a 10% chance that we see that same Justin Verlander in the 2018 postseason. Like, it, it's just, it could happen. And, you know, AC, when you were talking about Verlander, you say, I don't know what happened. It seems like you were implying steroids, which, you know. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That's all I'm going hmm. to say about that. Hey, uh, uh, Kate Alpton, you never know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you know she's gotten some. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> but the, thing that's, the thing that scares me about the uh, the Astros is man, like they just they don't have like that one hitter in your lineup. You just yeah. they're, they're solid one through nine. I mean, even guys like Yuri Gur- Gurriel, the most racist player in baseball, who wasn't uh, <laughs> able to participate in the team's first five games, which which is a joke by the MLB, by the way, that they didn't. Like, you know, act, like they suspended him, but they waited till like the first five games of the regular season.
2: Yeah, that you made no sense really
0: at all. Showed him, You know, like, wow, that's, that's like, imagine that. Imagine getting suspended, like bef- getting in trouble before a championship game and then being like, oh, well, you're going to play in this game, but next season, those first three games of the year, you're not playing in them. I'd be that, so MLB's say, awesome.
2: justification for that was they said they didn't want to um, affect like, the entire yeah,
0: team. The outcome, or,
2: yeah. Yeah. Which is really stupid because yeah. what he did, what he did, it should have affected the entire team. Like that, that was, should have been his punishment.
0: Yeah, that was pretty. Like that was pretty bad, man. That's look, man. Like, we all liked it. We all like to joke around. There's no room for well, that shit in baseball. Like that was that was awful. Yeah. Wasn't that during Game Five? During I, like that great game.
2: I want to say I want to say it was either Game Five or Game Four. Yeah, I mean, like, especially, like
0: when. I, yeah, I want to say if it was game four. No, five. it was
2: it was whatever game Darvish started, actually. It was four, because didn't Darvish
0: throw four, seven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was four. But, yeah, you know, when Bay- that was such a great series. So many people were watching that series. And for something like that to happen, it, it really was just annoying. But anyways, enough of my Yuri Guriel rant. Yeah, the Astros the Astros just one through nine. They're just so good. I mean, even guy like Josh Reddick is just – you know, you get by Springer, you get by Correa, you get by Bregman, and then there's Josh Reddick who hit 300 last year. So
2: I don't think Reddick can can do that again, though.
0: Oh no, I don't think so either. But just the fact that he was at 314 last year, almost yeah. 500 at bats, just, just ridiculous. And then you know, Marvin Gonzalez, and of course the the AL MVP and you know, Jose Jorge, whatever the hell is Jorge it. Altuve, Jorge Altuve. Um, yeah, look, the the actually, look. It's it's. We're gonna have to go through the Astros. It's pretty simple, um, unless unless somebody from just takes them out in the ALDS, which I really don't see happening. Because to be honest, I I don't see any teams on the level in the AL of the Yankees, Indians, or Astros. You see, like we were gonna Did, do, you do see a lot. Of- anyone taking out the Indians last year, though? Yeah, that that's a good point. But <laughs> just the look, the Ash. I think it's safe to say that. The Indians more so just got like that that streak they won on was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, they're, there's ne- they're not going to go. I, I think it's safe to say they're not going to win that many games in a row again. So I, I think, don't think so. Uh, I'm going to put my money on saying no. But <laughs> yeah, I like they so you could almost look at the Indians win, you know, win loss. I think they won 102 games last year. That was almost a bit inflated because right, of that win streak. So I think the Astros are a much more talented team than Cleveland. It's like, look, man. Like if you fought like the Astros are the type of team that if you follow if you're like really into baseball scouting and following these guys the Astros just make you drool because guys like Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa were some of the the best prospects you've seen coming up and now that it really it seems like just yesterday that Alex Bregman was just a prospect, and, you know he was just like in college in college and just now he's now he's on the Astros and very good along with the rest of their team so you guys think that. The Yankees have—I'm not gonna say have a shot because we were frigging one game away from winning that series last year. But do you think the Yankees have an upper hand over the Astros this year? Like, are the Yanke- are the Yankees a better team than the Astros right now, or are the Astros better than them? I'd say they're about even, honestly. I would say the
2: Yankees—the Yankees' biggest advantage is their bullpen, absolutely. Um, and then they're the lineups are about even, I'd say. And the Astros could have a bit of advantage with their rotation just because of, like we've been saying for the last like half an hour of Keuchel and Verlander really could just be shut down aces the entire year. And that's not to say like Severino and Tanaka and Gray won't be, but
0: But, I think... It's like, hey, we got two Cy Young winners over there and we got none over here. Exactly. Like,
2: it's just thinking about Keuchel and Verlander and their track record, you can see them just, you know, having 2.3 ERA seasons, both at the top of the Astros rotation and having Tanaka, who had a 4.7 ERA last year and Seve, who's only had one good year. It's a lot harder to see that. But I think it could go either way as to like, which team is better. Um, but for the most part, I think they're pretty much even right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, now keep in mind before I get started here, the Astros are probably, they're right there with the Houston Astros as far as my least, I'm sorry, they're, they're right there with the Boston Red Sox as far as my least favorite teams in all of baseball. So excuse any bias that might take place here. Um, but I think the Yankees. Obviously, they took Houston to seven games. You look at the team now, sure, Houston added Garrett Cole. The Yankees added the National League MVP. I think that puts us over the hump. I think the Yankees are the better team. Um, I think – I do. I think the American League uh, Champion uh, Championship Series is going to come down to those two teams once again. Um, and, you know, obviously, I hope the Yankees come out on top. I think we've got a better lineup, kind of like Alex said. I think as far as the pitching goes, you may give them the edge, but it's very close. And, yeah, Keichel and Verlander, uh, you know, Cy Young Awards. But Severino's right there. I mean, last year was really his full first full season. If Tanaka throws like he did two years ago, I mean, that's obviously, uh, you know uh, – unhittable and then you've got uh, gray obviously who put up some pretty gaudy numbers at times in a a pretty bad club like oakland so i I think the yankees have have a slight edge um you know after after acquiring acquiring a guy like stanton um but ultimately I, i i certainly would not be shocked to see those two teams uh meet again in the uh in the playoffs
0: yeah, but you know the Astros. Comparing the Astros lineup and the Yankees lineup, it's tough because the Yankees lineup definitely has more power, right? Between Sanchez, Sant, I think if you had a list of best power hitters on both rosters, I think the first three names would be Stanton, Judge, and uh Gary, easily. Yeah, but easily. In terms yeah. Of, you know, in terms of just overall hitters, you know, got like guys like Correa's out. There just so many good. Like the Astros have, they might have like six or seven guys that could hit above two eighty. You know, and I'm not sure if the Yankees have that. So, I would put the Astros lineup just ahead of the Yankees lineup, but it is close. But it, the Astros last year, get this, they went 53-28 and 28 on the road. Wow. That's really impressive. That they is – that's really impressive, yeah. They, they only went 48-33 at home. So, yeah. That's
2: one thing to look for because I don't know whether they can sustain that, you know, success on the road this year. So, if they – regress more to 500 on the road and have the same record at home that could that could really impact them
0: yeah and just a little bit of context last year the astros did have seven guys hit over 280 springer bregman guriel gonzalez reddick correa altuve all hit above 280
2: didn't they also have like seven guys who hit more than like 15 home runs or something
0: um, when you're two hundred
1: twenty feet away from home plate, <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah, they just a, just Astros are a great team. Definitely gonna be it, really. I I really could see the Yankees and Astros just matching up in the ALCS for the next four or five years. Yeah, and it's crazy. The gap. I feel like there's just such a gap between those two. The, the I'll still put the Indians there because I still have a lot of respect for the Indians. And I think they're actually gonna have like a really good bounce back year. Yeah, that, the
2: Indian uh, the Indians are definitely going to be winning the yeah.
0: AL Central. Yeah, like yeah, I I forget I don't know who it was, but someone said that, you know the twi- Oh, I think the Twins are going to win the AL Central, and I think the Twins last year was just like kind of a fluke. I think that they're going to kind of regress to the mean. I think that the the yeah.
2: Twins will be good. I don't know whether they'll be good enough to you know even come close to the Indians, but mm-hmm. they have a lot of good players, and they got they got some good guys off of free agency, like they got Morrison. Um, and they got Odorizzi, and they, they got, got the, wait,
0: they got the guy that should have been in the home run derby.
2: Yes, over Sanchez. No, they got Odorizzi, They got Lance Lynn. Um, so I think they'll they'll be decent. They might they'll probably contend for a wild card spot again.
1: Um. <laughs> I think with Cleveland, the biggest question mark, as crazy as it sounds, is going to be that rotation. Because Kluber, I mean, we all know what he's got. Carrasco had a good season. Then outside of that, I mean, you got Bauer, who's very inconsistent. You've got Tomlin. You've got Salazar, who is hurt all the time, where he's inconsistent. When he's on, he's very good, but you never know what you're going to get with him. And then Clevenger, obviously. So it's a very inconsistent rotation. Brantley, you never know. I mean, I think he's – I I think I heard he's hurt again that ankle surgery or something like that
0: sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. And then
1: Kipnis, I mean, he's not exactly the offensive guy that he used to be. Obviously you've got Lindor and Ramirez on the left side of the infield. They're very good. I think yonder, uh, I think everybody in the BBB for the most part thought that Alonzo kind of overachieved last year in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure what you're going to get out of him. Perez, obviously they lost Santana to the, uh, to, to Philadelphia. And that's, so
2: that's going to be a big blow to them, I think.
1: Right. And so I don't know. I, I feel like with Cleveland, there's a lot of question marks. Um, I certainly think the two the two powers atop the American League is is the Yankees, the the uh, the Astros. And then who knows from there? But I, I I definitely think Cleveland's got some some question marks to answer.
0: And yeah, we're gonna do the you know because we did the Astros, we did the Indians, and we're gonna do the Red Sox in the along with the big preview show because we feel like we feel like they're important enough to do that right. But I really, I just don't think the Red Sox are are anywhere close to the level that the Astros, Yankees, or Indians on. No, I no. I really don't because I mean, I just that. I don't know, like guys like Ben Attendee and and like that like that Red Sox lineup, a lot of those guys just underwhelm me. And then especially, mm. there's the, the main thing with the Red Sox for me is this. It's the fact that their ace just sucks post-August. Like, hey, man, that's that's not good. Like, you, know, like, you, like, you you don't want that out of your ace. Because, uh, you know, with Sale, Sale's like friggin' 170 pounds. I mean, the guy, I don't think, phys- is just physically uh, able to be as dominant all year. Well, yeah, and even they have sale. Last year.
2: They have sale. And then who else is, you know, a given yeah. in the rotation?
0: I wasn't, yeah, exactly. I wasn't even going to get into the uh, the X amount of, I, I don't even know what his contract is, but the $200 million man, David Price, you know, he's a $30 million you know, dollar reliever. Yeah, like he's another story. Um, I'm glad you guys, fa- Red Sox, I'm glad you guys found a reliever. Quick LDS, I said, well, wow, he he is a great reliever. Sucks that he's gonna pay thirty one. Yeah, go
1: ahead. AC. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say on on Chris Sale, kind of to your point. Over the last three years, uh, obviously we know the caliber pitcher he is. In in uh, August, his ERA is three forty five. September four point one five. October four point five. That's over the last three years. So yeah, to your point, he he struggles a lot uh that second half of the season.
0: Yeah, he just breaks down, you know, he just slowly but surely just loses steam, but yeah, that's uh that's our show. Um it was a good show, guys. Uh a lot of talk there's a lot of talk about there's always happening, always a lot happening in the world of the Yankees. Um Anything else, guys?
1: Well, Cincinnati just blew a 22 point lead.
0: Oh, <laughs> I saw that, man. They were up Big and Nevada came back and won it, man. You know March Madness, man. It's my favorite tournament in all of sports, man. Oh yeah. There's just nothing like it, man. It's just incredible. Those first four, the first like two days of March Madness. Don't get me wrong, the games, you know, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight and all that are great. But those first two days, when you literally could just sit in front of your couch from noon to one a.m. and just watch basketball, it's great. It it should be a national holiday. (laughs) I agree. It should be, everyone should have off of work. Uh, The boss button still cracks me up. If you go on the Mark Madness live stream, you just press the boss button, and it just has so many different options for just fake spreadsheets and shit. (laughs) I love it. I really do. That's why
1: we're explicit on iTunes.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, (laughs) because I just remember as a kid, just, you know, being in school and, like, trying to get the tournament games up and saying, oh, man, how am I going to, when my teacher comes over, how am I going to do this and now you know thanks to the boss button there's just no worries of that for all you whippersnappers out there so (laughs) for luigi for alex for ac this is the bronze bomber battle podcast and boys anything else subscribe eaters